0: Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes, thanks for joining me. This time I wanna talk about the employment situation in the US, a little bit of federal and state debt because it has become an issue in the ongoing political campaign. And the crisis de jour in the media is, is the Fed ready to lower interest rates? Quick look at the numbers. There's not a lot of excitement in the numbers. Uh, The core inflation, the core CPI, actually went up a little tiny bit to 2.1 from 2.0. Not exactly a dramatic move, but it was enough to inspire some people to think, oh, inflation's going up. Uh, We'd better not lower rates. That would stimulate too much. Headline inflation is still on its way down. Again, there's very little inflation in the system. Unemployment's okay, 3.7. Oil is fine. The United States has all kinds of oil stockpiled. More about that stuff later. And the bond market did kind of return to normalcy, even though most mortgages are still under four. The employment situation is there are 8 million job openings and about 7 million people unemployed it's not particularly dramatic, it's just the way that data has adjusted out. There are a lot of studies out there right now that say that the old natural unemployment rate that was 4% may not be the case anymore. Perhaps natural unemployment is closer to 3 now, so the jobs market isn't as tight as you might hear because there's not a lot of wage push pushing inflation up. Well, The Department of Labor is certainly into buying that and the fact that unemployment has stayed in the threes for quite a while supports the idea. The other side is if you look at who is going back or who is staying in the job market it's not the 16 and 19 year olds. They're in a situation where they can stay out of the job markets. They're gonna live at home till they're 30 anyway it's the people over 55 that are going back into and participating in the job market. Some of them went back in because they need to. Some are re-entering the workforce. Again, from the Department of Labor, it's more that a lot of these people over 55 or over 60 have finished one career and they're starting another. Clearly, 60 years old, is not what it was back in the 70s. So start another career, great. There's a lot of people left to go in the workforce if they so choose. One of the places that there's not a lot of hiring is state and local government. This actually goes at the federal level too. The numbers are down. It's only about 2% of the total employees but it's a lot of millions of people that aren't directly employed by the state and local governments. They hire contractors. That's a trend that comes in and out of favor. Right now, it's very much in favor. Some of that is due to this. These are unfunded pension numbers, and the darker the color, like the black states, those are states that have fully funded or have nearly fully funded their state and local pension plans. Why Wisconsin would have 102% funding in their pension plan, I don't know. But anyway, the lighter the color, and you notice Colorado kind of sticks out, being well underfunded. PARA, the large state system, and a lot of the counties, Douglas, Jefferson, Arapaho, have very underfunded pension plans. It's going to be an issue brought to the voters sometime very likely in the next decade. Do we put more money into these plans or do we tell the plan participants, you aren't gonna get as much out as you thought? Well, more on that when it comes back into the political arena. The federal tax revenue in 2018 was about 3.3 trillion. The government spent 4.1 trillion so there's an $800 billion deficit that is now part of the political rhetoric. The total US economy in 2018, at the end of 2018, was about $21 trillion, And it grew around 3%. Well, that in itself adds up to $630 billion. So it is reasonable to say that if it wasn't for the government's deficit spending, the economy would be contracting now and not expanding. Okay, that's reasonable. There are some big assumptions made in there, but the point is the federal government, if there were the political will, could stop deficit spending literally any time it wanted. It would simply choose who doesn't get paid. Well, do you not pay the State Department? Do you not pay Social Security? Do you not pay Boeing? Whoever it is, they can stop spending the money, make the budget deficit go away, and slowly whittle down the debt at what cost to the economy? How much do you want it to slow? How long do you want it to be slow? That's it. It's simply a decision. It's not lacking numbers. This is not related to debt but short-term interest rates have turned. They have come down. Fed funds rate, the effective funds rate, in anticipation that the Fed is going to lower rates here at the end of July. Whether they do or not, we'll talk about that in a second. But they are assuming the Fed will lower. They've jumped the gun. The bond market rallied a little bit. So did the stock market. S&P 500 is up. 22% on the year. Some of that in anticipation of what the Fed's gonna do at the end of July. Volatility isn't up, it's just more of the same. The stock and the bond markets have already anticipated the Fed doing this. It's been a huge issue in the media and a political football. There really is no reason for the Federal Reserve to lower rates. They are in the process of trying to slow the economy not stimulate it. When you lower rates, you stimulate the economy. We're doing fine. We're in the process of going from a GDP at 3% to where it ought to be, 1.8, 1.6, which is what I'm hoping the US GDP will be at the end of 2019. This is really not the time to lower rates and stimulate more growth. There's also a couple of other, in my opinion, very bad side effects if they do lower rates. One, it'll appear that the Fed is succumbing to political pressure and the whole rigmarole in the political debate, which is bad. The Federal Reserve really ought to be above and completely independent of all that rhetoric. It will stimulate an economy that they've been trying to slow down for 15 months. This is not the time to stop it. And unfortunately, it'll set the stage of endless input from the media and everybody else that they should simply continue to lower rates and keep the ball going. When I say the ball, I mean positive GDP and a $22 trillion economy rolling along. Well, it doesn't need stimulus to roll along. The U.S. economy's doing great. To answer a couple of questions, we're at 12 million barrels a day in oil output in the United States. It's up a million barrels a day from this time last year. Some of that's fracking. It's all kinds of sources. We're the number one producer of petroleum on earth right now. And we have stockpiles that would last months. One of the reasons that the price of oil is still in the 50s. Another question was really, has there been changes in consumption of petroleum, which is why there's so much stockpile? No, the, the use of petroleum, which is the line here at the top, is right up there since it's been since the 60s. We use a lot, we drive a lot, we generate power with it. The big difference is natural gas has taken over a huge percentage of what used to be coal. And I don't think the coal industry is ever going to recover to where it was. People are happier with natural gas, though it's simply a different form of burning a fossil fuel. Nuclear, biomass, renewable, electrical, all that stuff, none of that even adds up to 10%. They're really not a factor yet. We'll see how they grow. It's petroleum. Another question was, aren't you exaggerating how important the dollar is in global commerce? Well, no, I'm not. These are the numbers here of what percentage of all of these types of transactions are done solely in the dollar. Debt, loans, transfer payments, international settlements, foreign exchange reserves, they're all dollars. The Euro is kind of a player, it's been shrinking. It's what's going on on the dollar right now that's most important. A reason to lower rates is let's weaken the dollar a little bit and make it easier on these people. The stronger the dollar gets, it's harder for all the rest of these economies to make their payments in their own currencies. So they want the dollar to weaken, make it a little cheaper. Okay, there's an argument to lower rates. Anyway. To summarize, there's no reason for the S&P 500 to be up 22% on the year. 9% is a much more rational number. I think it'd be very productive if we had a 10 or 15% correction whenever the Federal Reserve raises, lowers, or does nothing. We need to cool the equity market down, get it more in line with earnings the way it's been. Also, returning the bond market to a little bit of normalcy wouldn't hurt either. Either way, if there are any other questions, I'm happy to answer them. Send them to info at and I'll see if I can work them into the presentation. And thanks for joining me.